Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. It's 10.06 p.m. on Sunday, June 3rd, 2018. Good evening, everyone. This is Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. And welcome, of course, as we do every single Sunday evening, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you, of course, our weekly promo for all of our shows here in the radio network. <clears throat> as we will, of course, bring you, of course, what will be taking place during all of our shows this week in the radio network. Plus, also bring you today's wrestling history, as well as, of course, some wrestling news tidbits making the making the rounds here, courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com. Let's go ahead and get things started here with our wrestling history here. Like we said, for today, June the third, 31 years ago today, which was put it at 1987, at a wrestling challenge taping in Rochester, New York, the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty defeated Jose Estrada and Jimmy Jack Funk. The match, however, would never air, because following the taping, Michaels and Jannetty caused what Bret Hart called in his autobiography a drunken disturbance at the post-show part at, at, at a nearby hotel. Michaels and Jannetty would be fired from the WWF later in the month. The duo would return almost a, a year later as simply the Rockers. Also returned to the WWF during the taping was WrestleMania 1 main eventer, Mr. T. Of course, most famous for his role was B.A. Baracus on the action series The A-Team, which had been canceled after five seasons earlier in the year. Mr. T served as a, as a WWF's enforcer, usually as a guest or secondary referee, but also reversing decisions when needed. Mr. T was only around through the summer. <clears throat> 29 years ago today, which would put it at 1989, in Boston, Massachusetts, Dusty Rhodes makes his WWF TV debut at a house show broadcast on NESN, of course, which is a cable sports channel in the New England region. Three-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion was last seen nationally at Starcade 1988. Rhodes, a month prior to the event, booked a storyline where he would bleed out of his eye from a spike from Road Warrior Animal's shoulder pad. Turner Broadcast, who had just bought Jim Carter Promotions and rebranded at World Championship Wrestling, decreed there would be no on-screen bloodletting on their programming, and Rhodes was fired for the incident. An interesting tidbit, Dusty's son Dustin was fired from WCW for the same offense in 1995. <clears throat> in his debut, Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, who was substituting for Jake the Snake Roberts, defeated the Million Dollar Man, 
Ted DiBiase. For most of the rest of the country, Rhodes' TV debut on WWE Superstars airing the same day came in the form of, the, of a vignette, which is which is a uh, let's let, let's let, let's actually play this little tidbit here. Of course, he was well known for these in the WWF back in the day. Let's play a little bit of this.
in the show's main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Ric Flair in a pure wrestling rules match. It'll be Austin's last match on Raw before his sudden walkout two weeks later. Fifteen years ago today, 2003, at a SmackDown taping in Anaheim, California, Rey Mysterio defeated Matt Hardy to win the, Cruiser, the WWE version of the Cruiserweight Championship. The show is also is probably best remembered for Kurt Angle returning to the WWE following neck surgery, opting for an alternative method where only the next where only the neck spurs and part of the affected disc were removed. Angle's rehab time was cut from a full year to just three months. Fourteen years ago today, we put it at, let me see here, uh, 2004, TNA taped its first ever episode of Impact from the Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. For many, this show, which would air the next day, would be their first exposure to the promotion. Prior to their first national broadcast TV deal, TNA was a pay-per-view-only promotion. Consumers had to pay $9.99 a week for their two-hour show. TNA continued to run their weekly pay-per-views until September of 2004. Impact aired on Fox Sports Net on Friday afternoon, but it would often be rescheduled or preempted altogether due to local sporting events or other programming. Impact also introduced TNA's six-sided ring. It also introduced a modified set of rules which would only apply for Impact tapings. Uh, let's see, 10-minute time limits for non-title matches, 30 minutes for title matches. In the event, um, in the event a match went to full time limit, three, three judges at ringside would render a decision. The first version of the series lasted just 51 episodes, ending following the following May when their, de- when their deal with Fox Sports expires and is not removed, and is not renewed. Sorry about that. And... <clears throat> Let's go ahead and give you this. Let's go ahead and give you this. Uh, the matches here for us for the very first episode of Impact. In a dark match, Desire, Pat Kenny, and Sonny Siaki defeated the New York Connection, which is Trinity, Glenn Gilberti, which I do believe was the Disco Inferno in WCW, and Johnny Swinger. In another dark match, Heavy Metal defeated Kazarian. Team International which was consisted of the Amazing Red, Sanjay Dutt, and Hector Garza, defeated Team Canada, Petey Williams, Bobby Roode, and Eric Young. Abyss defeated Shark Boy. America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, defeated Kid Cash and Dallas to win the NWA World Tag Team titles. And also AJ Styles defeated Elix Skipper, Chris Saban, and Michael Shane to earn a TNA X Division title match. Eleven years ago today, put it at 2007, WWE presented One Night Stand Extreme Rules from the Jacksonville Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. 13,250 were in attendance, with 186,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. The show's hook was that every match on the show would have some sort of hardcore rule stipulation. In a dark match, this is a match from this event here, folks. In a dark match, Santino Morello defeated Chris Masters. RVD defeated Randy Orton in a stretcher match. Post-match, Van Dam was assaulted by Orton, got an elevated DDT from the barricade, and was stretchered out. The post-match beating was a write-off, 
It was Van Damme's final appearance for the company as he was leaving to tend to his ailing wife. Other than a one-off appearance in the 2009 Royal Rumble, Van Damme would not appear again for a major promotion until his TNA debut in 2010, but he did also return to WWE in 2013. CM Punk, The Sandman, and Tommy Dreamer defeated the new breed, Elijah Burke, Marcus Corvon, and Matt Stryker in a tables match. The Hardy Boys defeated the world's greatest tag team, of course, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, in a ladder match to retain the world tag team titles. Mark Henry defeated Kane by knockout in a lumberjack match. Serving as lumberjacks was Chris Benoit, Val Venus, Santino Morella, Balls Mahoney, Stevie Richards, The Miz, Kevin Thorne, Chris Masters, Johnny Nitro, Chavo Guerrero, Kenny Dykstra, and Carlito. Bobby Lashley defeated Mr. McMahon in a street fight to win the ECW title. Candice Michelle defeated Melina in a pudding match, as in chocolate pudding, folks. That's, I'm, I'm sure that's, I'm not sure what type of pudding was they used, but I mean, just to let you know what, 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 what type of match this was. Edge defeated Batista in a steel cage match to retain the world heavyweight title. And John Cena defeated the great Kali in a false count anywhere match to retain the WWE title. <clears throat> Ten years ago today, we put it at 2008. At a SmackDown taping in Los Angeles, Natalia defeated Cherry, Layla, Maurice, Michelle McCool, and Victoria in a Golden Dreams Gold Star on a pole match. Lest you think this match served no purpose, it was actually a qualifying match crowned the first ever WWE Divas Champion. There would be a second Golden Dreams match, same rules, same participants with the exception of Natalia, but not until, of course, a month later. That match was won by Michelle McCool, who had gone to win the Divas title at the Great American Bash. I do remember this next one here. The same episode saw we saw Cousin Sal of Jimmy Kimmel Live fame, defeating Santino Morella. I do believe Hall of Famer Roddy Piper was in the corner of Cousin Sal in this match. Uh, two years ago today, 2016, Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr., best known to millions as the one and the only Muhammad Ali, sadly died of septic shock in Scottsdale, Arizona. He was 74 years old. Born January 17, 1942, in Louisville, Kentucky, he was the older of two boys. He began boxing at the age of 12 as a means to get back at a boy that stole his bike. He would become probably the most successful amateur boxer in Kentucky history, winning six state Golden Gloves titles, two national Golden Gloves titles, an AAU national title, and the gold medal at the 1960 Summer Olympics in the light heavyweight division. He would win 100 of 105 amateur fights. He turned pro in October 1960 and would amass 19 straight wins through 1963, 15 of them by knockout. Play often belittled his opponents and talked up his abilities during and after bouts. His behavior made him very much hated among fans, critics, writers, former boxing champions, and pretty much just about any, everyone. In February 1964, a 22-year-old Clay made history when he defeated Sonny Liston by technical knockout after the sixth round to become the youngest boxer to defeat 
a reigning heavyweight champion for his title. Soon, Clay converted to Islam and joined the Nation of Islam and would rename himself Muhammad Ali. In May 1965, Ali defeated Listen in a controversial rematch made famous for an alleged phantom punch. Some speculate Listen threw the fight under threat on, under threat on his life or to pay off debts. Ali was to have met Ernie Terrell in a unification bout in March 1966, but just before the fight, he was reclassified by the Louisville Draft Board, making him eligible for military service. Ali refused to serve, and after title defenses in the consecutive months of early 1967, he was stripped of a heavyweight title. His boxing license was revoked by the state of New York. The rest of the country would soon follow. Fighting overseas was out as well, as Ali's passport was revoked. Ali was convicted of draft evasion and sentenced to five years in prison and fined $10,000, which today would be about $73,400. Ali remained free while his case went through the appeals process. Ali would return to the ring, but not until October 1970, meaning he had lost three and a half years of his career. While his case was in appeal, he was granted permission to fight again in a federal court. During his time away from the ring, he spoke out against the Vietnam War and in support of racial justice and pride for African Americans. With sentiment against the Vietnam War growing, Ali's 1967 conviction was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1971 by a unanimous vote. One of Ali's most famous fights was held in March 1971, dubbed the Fight of the Century. Ali and Joe Frazier fought for the heavyweight title. Frazier would give Ali's first defeat via unanimous decision, but the animosity between the two lingered long after the final bell. Ali would go on to win six in a row before being defeated by Ken Norton in 1973. After considering retirement, in part due to a broken jaw he suffered during the bout, Ali and Norton rematched, and Ali won via decision. In January 1974, Ali defeated Frazier in the rematch via unanimous decision, setting up a title bout with George Foreman. Dubbed the Rumble in the Jungle, the 32-year-old Ali used conventional means to defeat Foreman. He let the hard-hitting Foreman strike at will, then Ali would clinch, then counterattack when Foreman tired out. The idea went so far against conventional wisdom, pundits believed the fight may be fixed. The strategy, known as the Rope-A-Dope, worked. Foreman's punches got less effective in later rounds. And with the Zaire crowd chanting Ali Bamei, or Ali kill him, Ali knocked out the exhausted Foreman in the eighth round to regain the heavyweight title. The Bamei, later Kinshasa, the city that held the fight, would be the inspiration for the name of former NXT and IWGP heavyweight champion Shinsuke Nakamura's finishing knee strike. Following Ali regaining the title, one of Ali's first title defenses was against Chuck Webner. The Beyond Bleeder would knock down Ali in the ninth round and would go, would go to distance before ultimately losing on decision. The bout would be the inspiration for the Rocky film series. In October 1975, Ali and Joe Frazier met for a third and final time in the Thrilla in Manila. With temperatures well into the 90s, the aggressive Ali would tire out, going back to the rope of strategy he applied with Foreman and Zaire. It worked again. Frazier tired in the 12th round, opening the door for Ali to dominate late in the bout. Frazier 
refused to answer the bell for the final round, and Ali retained. Post-fight, Ali said the fight was the closest thing to dying that I know. Next year, and Ali fought Antonio Inoki in an exhibition in Tokyo's Budokan Hall. The bout, largely a publicity stunt, went to a draw after a 15 three-minute round that was poorly received by the paying crowd. Ali suffered leg bruises, two blood clots, and an infection. The work bout affected Ali's mobility for the remainder of his career. In 1978, Ali faced Leon Spinks. Despite having only seven professional fights to his credit, Spinks scored a split decision upset for the heavyweight title. Next year, they rematched, and Ali won the heavyweight title back on a unanimous decision. They gave him the first three-time heavyweight boxing champion ever. Ali briefly retired, but returned to the ring in 1980 to face champion Larry Holmes. The lethargic Ali was dominated by Holmes, and trainer Angelo Dundee stopped the fight in the 11th round. Ali fought one last time in December 1981, a 10-round decision loss to Trevor Burbick. He retired with a career record of 56 wins and five losses, with 37 of those wins by knockout. 1984, Ali was diagnosed with Parkinson's syndrome, but he continued to make public appearances, most notably as a guest referee for the inaugural WrestleMania main event. Lighting the flame at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta and, promote, and in promoting his own biopic, Ali, in 2001. The disease would take a toll on his health in recent years as public appearances have become less frequent. On June 2, 2016, Ali was hospitalized in Scottsdale, Arizona with a respiratory illness. Though his condition was described as fair, he sadly died of septic shock the next day. He was only 74 years old. Networks including ESPN, BET, CNN, Fox News, and ABC News presented extensive, extensive coverage of Ali's passing. On June 9th, a traditional Islamic Janazah John, prayer service was held at Freedom Hall. A private funeral was held on the morning of June 10th, with a public memorial held later in the day in Ali's birthplace in Louisville, Kentucky. Will Smith, who played Ali in, in the biographical movie of the same name, and boxers Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, George Trevello, Larry Holmes, and George Foreman were among the pallbearers. Said Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher about his passing, Muhammad Ali belongs to the world, but he only has one hometown. Ali's unorthodox boxing style made him one of the greatest of all time. Contrary to his heavyweight peers, Ali relied on his speed and reflexes instead of raw power to confuse his opponents. One study done said that Ali's punches were 25% faster than welterweight Sugar Ray Robinson, considered by many as the best pound-for-pound boxer ever. Ali's trash talk was heavily influenced by wrestler Gorgeous George and was revolutionary in fight promotion. Ali's legacy is legendary to say the least. He's a five-time Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year. No one else has more than three. He has won five, five, five Fight of the Year awards in the same publication, as one of three boxers to win Sports Illustrated's Sports Person of the Year, the others are Sugar Ray Leonard and Igmar Johansson. He's also the BBC Sports Personality of the 20th Century, 1997 Arthur Ashe Courage Award winner, a recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and the top boxing heavyweight of the 20th Century by the Associated Press. Ali was survived, is survived, of course, by his wife of 30 years, Yolanda, two sons in Assad and Muhammad Jr., and seven daughters, of course, Layla, who went on to a successful boxing career herself. Also, Hannah, 
Kalia, Rashida, Jamila, Mia, and Miriam. So two years ago today here, folks, like I said, we lost one. That's that's the greatest of all time. Of course, Muhammad Ali, like I said, 74 years old, and God bless him. Absolutely, what a great career he had in the world of boxing. And the impact not only on boxing, but, of course, on wrestling and, of course, everything else under the sun there, folks, indeed. Let's check and see if we have any wrestling birthdays. We have we have one we have one birthday here today and I'm trying to see who I'm trying to remember who this is. Braxton Sutter. He was born in nineteen eighty, so he is thirty eight years old here today. So happy birthday to Braxton Sutter here folks. <clears throat> happy like the happy thirty eighth birthday to Braxton Sutter here today. And there you have it there folks with our wrestling history and birthdays here. For <clears throat> for uh, for today here, folks. Now let's see what we have. Now let's see. Let's go ahead and bring you here. Let's go ahead and bring you. Let's go ahead and bring you. Of course, our what we're going to have in store here for this week here in the WWS Radio Network. First off, here, folks. Let's go ahead and bring you. <clears throat> I'll let you know here, of course, tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 5 right here on TalkShoot.com. Be sure to join King and W.O. Gerard Smith, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, and a plethora of guests for tomorrow's edition of WWS Raw Radio as they, of course, will be talking a, bit, a little bit more in depth about what will take place at Money in the Bank coming up here in, in uh, uh, two weeks from tonight, as a matter of fact, here, folks. Also, of course, the latest... <sighs> Excuse me, the latest sport, uh, sports news and other wrestling news and news here. JD will be bringing you that. John will also be bringing you, of course, wrestling history from, of course, this past weekend and also, of course, from tomorrow as well. Other fun stuff will be taking place. And also, ladies and gentlemen, they'll, be, we'll, they'll definitely be having uh, uh, <clears throat> their thoughts and opinions on what the ratings will be and the main event will be for tomorrow night's Monday Night Raw show. So be sure to listen to Gerard, J.D., John, and the rest of the game on Raw Radio tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 5 right here on TalkShoot. Call ID 138-744-POUND. Next up here, of course, on Tuesday, folks, our Double Dose Part 1. Uh, WWS Wrestling Revisited will be in the depth. We should be back on, like I said, back on, on Tuesday night from 7 to 8. As, of course, they'll be visiting, King Ice will be hopping into the WWS time machine one more time and visiting a moment, of course, from wrestling history. It should be, could be a moment, a match, a pay-per-view. You never know here, folks. And we'll definitely be bringing it here to you. <clears throat> uh, coming up here, like I said, from 7 to 8, right here on Talk Show for Wrestling Revisited, Tuesday night, call ID 139-926-POUND. Next up here, folks, I'll be back on the air with WWS Revolution 
138055 pounds. We'll be definitely have our live video feed will be coming from NWA US built on tradition. We'll be talking about, of course, our uh, the latest wrestling news and views from JD, and also, of course, John will be bringing you, of course, uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday in wrestling history. Plus, also, everybody will be giving their thoughts and opinions on what took place, on what will take place tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. Plus, some other fun stuff will be taken. Will be, uh, will no doubt, will be, will no doubt be. <clears throat> I thought, um, we'll be we'll be we'll be going forward there as well. So we'll definitely be, we'll definitely let you know about all that here coming up here this Tuesday night for Revolution, our live video feed like we said from NWA US built on tradition, one three eight zero five five pounds for that. Next step here, folks. Of course, we'll have w, our first triple threat Wednesday. We first off, we'll first we'll start off with WWS outside the ropes. Uh, one four one three eight seven pound as as myself the Iceman and the Human Suplex Machine will be bringing you the latest pop culture news of course courtesy of our friends at Four Level Mania plus also we'll be taking part of the Hot Seat Movie Trivia Challenge of course there'll be I'm sure there'll be some trivia questions or a round of some pop culture jeopardy you never know what we have taking place but we'll definitely have something fun for you to do have something fun for everyone to listen to this Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30, right here on Talk Show, like we said, rest, uh, outside the ropes, <clears throat> 141387 pound. Excuse me there, folks. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, from 8 to 9, of course, will be WWS Wrestling Debate, 139925 pound. As, of course, NWM Madness Kingdom will be, will be back on to, of course, throw out some discussions and some debates. Uh, big time here, of course, about Raw, about SmackDown, of course, uh, everything leading up towards Money in the Bank, and some other uh, interesting, uh, some of the latest uh, wrestling news bits making this, making the scenes as well. Uh, they'll be bringing it here to you this Wednesday night from 8 to 9, right here on Talk Show. Call ID 139-925-POUND. Next up, of course, I'll be back on with the Wednesday edition of Revolution. Our live video feed will be coming in from... <clears throat> our group dedicated to Georgia Championship Wrestling, GCWS, Beginning of a Dream. Uh, our latest wrestling news and views and history and birthdays will take place. Plus, also, we bring your thoughts and opinions about the about what took about what will take place this Tuesday night on SmackDown Live. Plus, also, some other fun things will be taking part as well, so be sure to join us for Revolution this Wednesday night from 9 to 11 right here on Talk Show. One three eight zero five five pound. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, Thursday night, of course, we're bringing the second installment in W Wolfpack. One three eight five two one pound. Our live video feed will take place from True Pioneers of Wrestling. Uh, we'll bring, of course, the latest wrestling news and views and history and birthdays. Plus, also, we'll be bringing you, <coughs> uh, of course, uh, um, some other um, interesting tidbits here. We'll talk a little bit in more in depth about what will take place at Money in the Bank uh, coming up here in about two weeks. And some other fun stuff will take will take place. You never know what we'll have going on, but we'll keep everybody apprised of that. So be sure to listen in all us on NWO Wolfpack this Thursday night from 9 to 11, 138 pound Next up here, folks, of course, will be the Friday edition of WWS Revolution, 138055 pound our live video feed will be from LWOUS Latino Dynasty. Our wrestling news and views and history and birthdays, no doubt. 
There's also some other fun things that will take place, including, I'm sure, just some, some random talks and discussions more in depth about money in the bank. Uh, you never know what we'll have going on here, folks, but we'll keep everybody apprised of this. <clears throat> Coming up here this Friday night, right here on Top Shoe for Revolution, 138055 pound for that. Plus, also here, folks, we'll have our Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m., we'll have our next edition of WWS Power Hour, <clears throat> 141364-pound, uh, as, of course, we'll be reviewing all the, all the shows that took place here this past week here in the Radio Network. Plus, also, we'll be bringing you wrestling history from this coming Saturday, as well as some wrestling news tidbits coming in, uh, of course, through our friends at FortLevelMania.com. So be sure to join us this Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. for Power Hour. I can only talk to you. Call ID 141-364-POUND. So, folks, there you have it. There's a little bit of a rundown here. Uh, as we said before, we, of course, we had to postpone this last week due to, uh, certain, uh, due to I'm sure, like kind of a uh, little kind of health scare, little health crisis. Of course, we did have one from the Iceman, Jared DiGiralmo, which he has been resting, of course, I'm sure, to recover from all that. And he should be back on with us here with no no problem whatsoever here starting tomorrow with Raw Radio. Also, hopefully we'll get to hear from the ice, from the Heartbreak Kid Fonzie as well. <clears throat> uh, of course, as you know, he, he was scheduled, him and JD were scheduled to have an NXT U.S. North American Championship matchup last Friday, but we had to postpone that due to Fonzie having a tiny health scare of his, of his own. That, that was We were informed that he sh- they should be back up and going uh, sometime this week, and we'll keep you informed on whenever we will have definitely have that match here, of course, as part of our Trivia Championship Series. But we'll keep everybody informed of that during the week whenever we get more information. So, folks, let's go ahead and bring you some, some two or three quick wrestling stories here. Uh, not, not, not a... Not, not a whole lot. Uh, um, not a whole lot of wrestling news to bring bring you here tonight, here, folks. But we'll, but we'll definitely. Uh, we'll definitely. Uh, We've got two or three different, uh, we'll definitely bring you here some, uh, interesting, some interesting stories here, making the rounds, uh, courtesy of our friends at Full Love and Mania, and we do thank them here in the WWS Radio Network for allowing us to read their stories on all of our shows in the radio network each and every, each and every week including Raw Radio, Revolution, Wolfpack, Outside the Ropes, um, Power Hour, and others. Jeremy Thomas brings us this story here today. As being reported here, Jerry Lawler is saying that the Attitude Era actually began in Memphis. Jerry Lawler and Jeff Jarrett discussed Memphis Wrestling's influence on the start of the Attitude Era on Lawler's Dinner with the King podcast. There's some audio on this page as well, but here are some highlights per Russell's own. Lawler, at the, on the beginning of the Attitude Era, Lawler says, I believe in my heart that Memphis was the beginning of the heel Mr. McMahon. I don't think we had 
thought about being a TV character until they came down to Memphis, Memphis where the people didn't like him. And I think that was the start of what became the Attitude Era in the WWE. Jeff Jarrett on Memphis's influence on the era, Double J says, here's what, here's where you just had to have been, been there. Vince was the face of the WWF. He was in the middle of the ring from Mania 1, 2, and 3. He was the promoter. Yes, Hulk Hogan was the baby face, but Vince was the face and he was the dominant promoter. They had come in and we were the little engine that could. There was a lot of reality-based promos. I hate to even call them promos. I can remember that little area at Memphis TV where the monitor was. The first one I saw was everybody looking around and where his promo was over. Everybody just sort of went, oh, my God, how good was that? Yes, I agree with you 1,000%. However, that got the, that got the market. The evil Mr. McMahon, that is the first time they played the extension, the extension of his personality because it, it wasn't a character. That was him. He was evil Mr. McMahon. It was great. So, folks, there, uh, there you have it right there. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Bring you one, bring you one other story here. Uh, some various news right here coming in from Jeremy Thomas today. Earl Hebner and more join All In, plus Kazuchika Okada in GQ Japan, and a preview of this week's Ring of Honor. WWE TNA alumnus Earl Hebner is among the referees who will be part of All In on September the 1st. The All In Twitter account announced that Hebner, Paul Turner, Rick Knox, Todd Sinclair, and Jerry Lynn will be working the show as referees. And of course, um, All, All In's Twitter account was said uh, this afternoon at 3 o'clock at all underscore in underscore 2018. And, of course, let's take a look at our officials. As you said, Paul Turner, Rick Knox, Todd Sinclair, the legendary Earl Hebner, and Jerry Lynn. GQ Japan noted that Kazuchika Okada is set to appear in the magazine. And there are some pictures of him on this page, uh, if uh, you get an opportunity to take a look at that, which was left at six, which was posted of course, some of this is in Japanese, so I cannot read this. It was posted at 6.46 a.m. back on May the 25th. And there is a preview, of course, of this week's episode of ROH, which will feature Silas Young versus Austin Aries. Take a gander at that, folks. We're going to go back and look at something pretty real interesting there, there indeed. Uh, let's see right here. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, let's... Jeremy Thomas brings us this story right here as Taz, the legendary Taz, offers his critique of Mauro Ronaldo, of course, the former SmackDown ring announcer, uh, yes, the former SmackDown commentator, also and also is praising Dakota Kai. Taz discussed NXT, Ricochet, Mauro Ronaldo, and Dakota Kai in the latest episode of The Taz Show. There's some audio on it below, but here's some highlights per Wrestling Inc. On Alistair Black, Taz says, I got to tell you, it was odd watching him with that title, and then I start thinking to myself, does he really need the title? Isn't he just over enough without that title? Is it going to hurt him not to have the NXT championship? And I answered my own question. No, I don't think he needs the belt. 
He has it for now, and I'm not throwing a flag that he has it. He cut a quick promo and then got interrupted by Laura Sullivan. But his promo was very quick, and as he was talking, his promo work needs some work. That's not attacking the kid. I'm just being honest. The reason why I say that it needs some work, the reason why I say it needs to work is because he has a very awesome look, his physique, all the ink he has, his facial hair, his athleticism, his body of work as a pro wrestler, the martial arts feel. He has he has to work his kicks, his strikes, and all that jazz. It's all awesome potpourri of a very unique talent, and hence his success in NXT. I do think when he gets to the main roster, he's going to be... Big star. The thing that the thing is, just me being blunt, his promo work loses loses me a little bit. It loses the darkness. He's got a certain darkness about him. And I'm not saying he shouldn't talk, but I think he needs a little guidance in his talking. His vocabulary is great. He's very intelligent. He doesn't have a heavy duty accent or anything like that. But for me, it loses the dark the darkness. It felt like just a regular that he was just a guy talking, speaking well. The Inflection was great for me. I just think he needed a little work on his promo. And some guys, no matter how much work they do, aren't going to be awesome. Be awesome or, or aren't going to be awesome promo guys. I'm not saying that's the case with Alistair Black, but I do think he needs some help with his promo work. On Ricochet, Taz says Ricochet's promo, as great as he is in the ring. He's kind of like Aleister Black, where he needs to work on his promos a little bit. To me, that to me, he needs some guidance, some intensity, some inflection work, all that kind of jazz. Let's see here. Uh, on Mauro Ronaldo, he says, "I got to be honest, Mauro Ronaldo. I appreciate his work ethic and how much he works. Being a really good announcer and his prep work because he does a great job prepping, but the screaming." I feel he just screams a lot and just yells a lot. Never powers the match. It's just too much. Crazy yelling and screaming. It just takes it away from me. I hate to be negative. But I'm trying not to be negative on the guy. I just got to be honest. It's never going to change. He didn't work for me, so I, you don't give a rat's tail what I say, and that's all fine. On Dakota Kai, he says, she <clears throat> she's a modern-day female version of Ricky Steamboat. That's how good she sells. This girl will be a star, I promise. She's freaking good. She's pretty. There's something about her. Dakota's selling is just phenomenal. In my greatest matches, I never had the ability to do, to do the selling that this girl does. So, so good props here. Some, some, some stuff being said towards... Uh, so Ricochet, Alistair Black, and also uh, Marlon Ronaldo, but uh, nonetheless, Dakota um, Kai gets some high marks there from the one and the only ECW original there, Taz. Uh, one more quick story that we'll bring you here, and then we'll call it an evening here, folks. Uh, Jeremy Thomas brings the story here today as police confirm that the, the death of wrestler Rockin' Rebel is being investigated as a murder-suicide. 
police in Pennsylvania have confirmed that they are investigating the death of Chuck Rock and Rebel Williams and his wife as a murder-suicide. PWI Insider reports that the West Goshen Township Police Department have been issued a statement confirming that Williams and his wife Stephanie were found dead and is believed that Williams shot his wife then himself. The statement reads as follows. Further information regarding the June 1st shooting in the 300 block of North Five Points Road. The dissidents were a married couple in their 50s named Charles and Stephanie Williams. Both, to have, both appeared to have died as a result of gunshot wounds that occurred sometime in the overnight hours. Initial indications support that Stephanie Williams was shot by her husband, Charles Williams, and then fatally shot himself. The investigation is ongoing in conjunction with the Chester County Coroner's Office. Uh, talk about that. Stephanie Williams' family has set up a GoFundMe for aid and funeral calls for her. The campaign is here, and it read, uh, if you want to go to there's a link to it to this page right here. Uh, <clears throat> and but here, here is a statement set up regarding this set up by her family. It says, it is a heavy heart to say that our sister, Stephanie Burnett, Mother, daughter, and friend has passed away on passed away on June first, twenty eighteen. She leaves behind her two children, Colton and Madison, mother Carolyn, four siblings, Susie, Chad, Christian, and Stacy, many nieces, nephews, great nieces, aunts, uncles, and friends. She was loved by so many and the outpouring of love, prayers, and support has been an overwhelmingly welcomed feeling. Her family considered her the firstborn leader, the glue, the best friend, the heart of gold crafty one, the brain, and most importantly, the best mother those children could ever have. Together, our family will do our best to give them all the love, security, and peaceful life imaginable. In the name of our sister, we will continue to love, care, and support Colton and Madison always and forever. For those you, those of you who would like to donate money for funeral calls for Stephanie, you may do so here. For those of you who would like to donate gifts, gift cards, letters, or anything to Colton and Madison, both of which are 10 years old, please send to one of the other two addresses, and I'll read these addresses here, folks. 2119 Strasburg, S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G Road, Coatesville, C-O-A-T-E-S-V-I-L-L-E, Pennsylvania, 19320, or 332 Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y, Circle, Westchester, that's two words, Pennsylvania, 19382. Thank you for everything, and thank you for, for loving our Stephanie. Please keep her memory alive by sharing stories of how, of how you knew her or her children. We want to keep her legacy alive by learning as much as we can through friends and family. In time, as a family, we'll be, we'll be starting a foundation in Stephanie's honor. She will always be remembered. We will make sure of that. So, folks, uh, uh, very, very, uh, very, very, very sad situation, to say the least. And, of course, the family pulling together in this time of crisis here, um, we definitely will We'll definitely say our our thoughts and prayers to to of course to the family of the wife of this wrestler named Rock and Rebel. 
uh, and testifying about the situation. Of course, this turned out to be another incident like what happened with Chris Benoit. Uh, it is a very, very uh, sad, very, very sad situation there, to say the least. But yeah, definitely keep these children and the family uh, and and their family in their in your thoughts and prayers here. Um, as of course it is everyone is still in a of course in grief in a it's in mourning and in, in grieving very very hard there at, indeed. So also we here in the WWS Radio Network send our love and con- love and honor our thoughts and condolences out to uh, out to the out to these children uh, and of course the family of of course the uh, wife of this wrestler. Um, as more and more information has become available here indeed. So um, it is pity, you know, like I said it's a, almost like a fault and grace for this 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 uh, which I'm sure like I said wasn't he was a great I'm here with a tremendous wrestler. But of course like I said for it to end in this fashion it is a very, very sad story to say the least. So let's keep let's keep this whole family in their thoughts and prayers and of course uh, the story is on com, folks, if you want to read this and get an like the addresses where you can send contributions for, to, to help out with funeral costs for uh, the Rock and Rebels' wife uh, or, like I said, send anything to to these, uh, to these their two 10-year-old children. Um, and I will, and we'll, I'll take, and we've got a couple minutes here in our promo. I will read this these two addresses one more time. Um, and this is like I said, if you want to donate gifts or gift cards, letters or anything to both of these children, like I said, Colton and Madison Williams, um, sent to the following two addresses, 2119 Strasburg Road, I'll spell Strasburg, S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, and is it, that is in, is in, Coatesville, Pennsylvania, 19320. Coatesville is C-O-A-T-E-S-V-I-L-L-E. The other address is 332 Courtney Circle. Courtney is spelled with a C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y. And it is in Westchester, Pennsylvania. The zip is 19382. Westchester is two separate words. In this, in this case, so let's keep this family your thought and our thoughts and prayers here tonight. And on that note, here, folks, we do want to thank you for listening in to, of course, our promo, our our weekly promo, of course, here in the WWS Radio Network. Be sure, of course, like I said, to join us here this week for all of our shows. Uh, we have a lot of things popping on here. We, of course, we had a lot of surprises pop up in this past week, with as I mentioned before. Um, but the fact that this past Friday on Revolution, we had to return uh, one of our WWS originals, of course, our resident independent wrestler, Rhonda Rush Wright. We could see her pop back on here maybe again soon um, to talk more about everything going on in wrestling and everything going on with her life as well. Um, we do want to say once again our congratulations to her for her engagement. She is, she is going to get married next March. As she said on Revolution this past Friday night, so we keep, so we can't wait to hear more about that. So congratulations, congratulations are in order to, of course, 
Rush and also her new fiance, Indy. So hopefully we'll get to hear from her more coming up here real soon. And of course, hopefully we'll get also get to have our NXT US North American Heavyweight Championship matchup with Fonzie defending the belt against the Iceman, Yuri Girolamo. And JD is, I'm sure, at home resting as we speak, and hopefully he'll be back up and going starting with Raw Radio tomorrow afternoon, one three eight seven four four pound from three to five PM Eastern. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw speaking on behalf of the entire panel. Way too tough to handle here, folks, which includes the TNWO Gerard T. Smith, the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds, the Iceman Jared D. Girolamo, the human suplex machine John Gross, the Empress Anne Marie Rickenbach, <coughs> and also and of course also uh, a lot of our other folks here, including of course the Heartbreak Kid Fonzie and and so many more here, so many more here, folks, definitely popping on here, uh, <clears throat> making their presence felt there, too. So we can't wait to hear from all of them here really, really soon. Everyone, please take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk to you here this week here in the radio network. Of course, this is, it has been, of course, the promotion of the WWS radio network right here on TalkShoot.com, where we are three years older and continuing to be bolder. Of course, we're here, of course, we're always will, we continue to be, and always will be not only your wrestling connection, but also your pop culture connection as well. Take care of yourselves and each other out there, folks. We will definitely see you in the ring and also on the red carpet. And as always, here in the WWS Radio Network, right here on TalkShoot.com. God bless everyone, and have a terrific uh, evening and a terrific week, and we'll talk at you here, of course, starting with Raw Radio tomorrow afternoon, and I will definitely, uh, <clears throat> and we will, and then throughout all of us for our shows this week, Wrestling Revisited, Outside the Ropes, Wrestling Debate, Power Hour, and then, of course, Revolution and Bullpack. Take care, and take care, everyone, and God bless it. God bless you all. Have a good evening. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BGW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus